at 24. How many of you guys are watching? Oh, I thought like only men said 24 right there. 24. Everybody, everybody say 24. How many of you are watching 24? Are you guys into 24? Anybody like Jack Bauer? Okay. Um, this series is not about Jack Bauer. And we're running out of time, Chloe. You know, whatever. He, he's always mad at somebody. You ever notice that? He's always threatening somebody's life or stabbing somebody in the knee or something. And so it's not what this is about. And that video, if you want to know, like, don't read into that too much. This is just for fun. This is a Groundhog Day meets Edge of Tomorrow meets Jack Bauer. And it's just for fun. So nobody be like, what does that mean? So what this series is about is about the concept of time and what the Bible actually has to say about what time is and how do we treat our time and how should we think about time? And better yet, and the bigger question is, what does God say and think about our time? And last week, if you were here, uh, we, we opened up a really, really unique scripture out of Psalms chapter 90, where, where we learned a prayer, in essence, that Moses prayed, which was this. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let me say that again. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Do you know why? Because your days are numbered. According, how many of y'all went to deathclock.com? Anybody go do that? Oh, chickens. What? I'm going to die in 2054, according to deathclock.com. And so um, I need to eat more vegetables, apparently. I can stretch that out a couple more years. And, uh, and so anyway... We all have a certain number of days. And we talked about the idea that when you're young, you just think you'll live forever and you look forward to how old you are and what your future holds. But, uh, you know, at some point in time, we begin to look and realize that we only have so many days left. And we begin to look at as days shrinking versus days gaining. And so what we all need to do, according to wisdom and according to the Bible, is number our days and recognize we only have a limited amount of time. We have a short amount of time. And therefore, we need to wisely determine how we should live that out. And so today, we're going to kind of take that a step forward. We're going to get a little bit more practical. Because here's what I know about you, is that many of you talk about how busy you are. Does anybody out there feel busy? When, when people like ask you like, hey, how, man, I feel so busy or I'll see you at church and I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, hey, how you been doing? What's been going on? Oh, man, I've just been so busy. Or you you think about what you want to add to your schedule. You think about your kids or your wife or your spouse or whatever else. And you think, man, we're just so busy. And the question that I want to to answer today is like, how do we get the most out of our time then? And you'd be surprised that the Bible actually has a lot to say about this. And so today, rather than just tell you about it, I, I thought. I would show you something. Now, many of you may have seen this illustration before. I don't know if you have or not. Uh, I just, just flow along with me because this is going to make it really, really clear how we get the most out of our time. So in one little bucket here, I have, um, well, I have some white rocks. And what these little white rocks represent are all the little things in life that kind of consume your time. Does that make sense? Because how many know, like, you got little things and you got big things? Can it, yeah? Are y'all with me right now? Like, like, little things are like, they're fun. We really, really want to do them. And we, we, we like to like for many of y'all like this represents Facebook and, and then that's Facebook. And then for some of y'all, that's Facebook and, and then that's Facebook. And then there's like um, there's pictogram and, and Insto something and, and Pinterest and there's Twitter and there's all kinds of weird stuff I don't do. And so you got you got surfing the Internet. You got YouTube videos. You got. What else do y'all do? You don't need to do it. How many of y'all just shop? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for stuff you don't need. And you're not even going to buy it. You just like to shop it. Some of y'all, some of y'all like shopping for cars and you don't have the money to buy them. You just like wheeling through the lot. Some of y'all, this is more, more women many times than men. Some of y'all like shopping for homes that you can never afford. But you just like driving through the neighborhoods. 
Like looking at stuff and it's like all the fun. It's that extra game of golf. You know what I'm saying? It's that extra night out with the boys. It's that extra. You know what I'm saying? It's not. None of them are bad. Well, I mean, some of them are. But like for the most, but these aren't bad things, right? These are just things. And they're not the most important things. They're just kind of the little things that, that take up life. Are y'all with me so far? And then in life, you have, you have big things, right? Like really, really important things. And so many times when we look at the important things of life, um, how many know like your family? Like we'd all say that's important, right? So we got we got to put that in there. And then um, what what else is important? Well, if you got kids, you know you got ki- the kids. The kids are important. And um, work, you got a, you got a jobby job, and so you need to go to work, and that's important because you got to pay bills and, and and make ends meet. And then what what else do you have? You have a wife. Many of you have a spouse. That's a big rock, right? Or maybe you want her to be a small rock. I don't know. Um, that's to say that's your wife, and um, and. If you're, if you're with your spouse, just say, girl, you my big rock. And so, um, or if your husband, you, know, you my, you my big rock and give him some. And, and so, and then, and then for many of us, there's like a spiritual rock, right? There's a God rock, a church rock, a spiritual rock. And so, so how many know, like when we have life and we have all this stuff and then we, we, we have the important stuff. How many know, like we run into the problem of, of like, it doesn't all fit. And that's why we get to the end of our day, we get to the end of our week, we get to the end of our year, we get to the end of our life, unfortunately. And we're like, man, I just didn't have time for everything, right? Do you ever feel like that? Like, there's just not enough time in the day. But we all have the same amount of time in the day, don't we? Well, have you ever noticed how some people seem to get the most out of their time? Some people seem to get more done. Some people seem to not just get more done, but maybe get the right things done. I'm going to give you the secret and the Bible backs this up. This is a practical wisdom idea. So even if you don't believe in God, this works. Okay, here's the big walk away is that when we prioritize first, life gets better. Because most people would think, well, if I if I'm so busy in life, I just need to cut things out of my life. Right. That would be the. The kind of conventional thought, well, I just need to cut things out of your life. Well, here's the problem. The problem is that you still won't be effective because you'll just be subtracting. So the key to getting the most out of life is not necessarily subtracting, it's prioritizing. And so this is, this is the way it would look. And as a matter of fact, let, let's start, let's say this is for, for us that are Jesus followers, for us people that believe in God. We would say there's a God rock. And what I'm going to show you today is that the God rock is actually the most important rock. And when we start with the God rock... And we begin to fill our life, our time, our week, our year, whatever you want to call it. We start with God and then we okay, well, we've still got family, right? That, that's huge. And then we still got work and that's really huge. And we got you know, your health and this is definitely the smallest one. The health and fitness one it, uh, needs to be in there. And then uh, what else do we got? Yard work. Yeah, yard work. yeah okay. Um, and so, so now if you look, what we do is we put all the most important things in the, in the, in the life first. Say this, everybody say priority determines capacity. Say that word, it's a priority determines capacity. So now, are y'all ready? This is, this is TV magic. Are you ready? So now, it's got all these things are still fun. I'm, I'm not saying like, don't go on Facebook ever. Some of y'all need to stop though. So now, when we, when we do life, we prioritize first. And then we get to kind of come in later and then later we get to kind of fill in all the other little cool things that we really, really want in life. And then what we really, I'm not even done yet. Are you ready? And there's room to spare in there. This is what life is meant to look like. 
I'm not saying don't have fun. I'm not saying go, don't go play a round of golf. What I'm saying is, is that the big, huge principle of life that the Bible teaches, and we're going to see this in just a second, is that priority, everybody say priority, determines capacity. That's what determines. Your ability to get it all in is not subtract. Your ability to get it all in is actually prioritized. And, and can we be honest? This is hard to do, isn't it? Because there's a gravitational pull away from this. Let's be honest. Like life pulls us and things pull. We live in a culture where we feel like nobody else does this. We live in a culture where we're always looking at what everybody else has and it draws us towards these things. There's a number of different reasons. We, some of us are, are people pleasers. And so you can't say no. And so anytime somebody asks you to do something, what do you say? Yeah. And, and this is how most of us schedule. When we look at our schedule, I would say, hey, let's get together. Let's go do this. Let's go have this or whatever. And you would say, okay, look at my, let me look at my schedule. And what you do is you go through your schedule and you look for the first empty spot. And you say, oh, I can do it here. Without ever asking, is that the priority? Is that the wisest use of my time? And so there's all these different reasons. Here's the biggest reason we don't do this. Are you ready? The biggest reason we don't do this is because we have never asked the question. What is the biggest priority? Like many of you don't even know, like you've never thought about it. You've never. And, and many times, if, if you're not sure, here's how you, you answer this, because like you, you have to say what is most important or you know what's even different? Not even just what, but who? Who is most important in my life? Because when we went through all those things. How I many know you kind of need, you know, the wife. To stay the wife and you need the kids to stay the kids and you say God is the foundation of your life and you still have to pay the bill. And so you have all these priorities, but many of you just live life as culture would have you live life. And you've never asked yourself who or what is the biggest priority in my life. So listen to this. I wrote this down just so I wouldn't mess it up. To cure the busyness is not to try to be less busy. You become less busy and more productive by determining what's important and then prioritizing Around that. That's how you become more productive. Because just to say, I'm going to cut things out of my life, I guarantee you, many of us will make the mistake of cutting out the right things or cutting out the greatest things or the most important things. And so, what we need to do is figure out what is the most important thing in life. Now, again, I said this for us that are Jesus followers, we believe that God is the biggest rock. This is what we believe. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says that. I'm not trying to be like God's a big rock. No, no, no. Listen to this. Psalms 18, verse 31. Listen to these words. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the what? Who's the rock except our God? And so again, this is a concept in Bible that God is the biggest rock. God is our rock. And so what we do is, is as Jesus followers, is we put the God rock in first. Now, if you're not with Jesus and you're still seeking and trying to figure out and you're skeptical or whatever it is, I'm telling you that if you'll just do this anyway, your life will still be more blessed because you'll be following a biblical principle. But for those of us who say, no, God is the most important thing in our life. You know what that means? That means when we look at the bucket, the first thing in is what is our relationship with God. And here's what happens is that when we put God first and we prioritize God first and we put the God rock in first, life has the best trickle-down effect where everything will begin to naturally fall into its proper place. Because if I'm following him, God will help order the rest of my world. Now, the Bible, the Bible doesn't use the word prioritize. Did you know that? If you do like a Google search or if you do a Bible search or whatever, like the, the word priority is not in the Bible. The Bible would use a very, very different word, but, but you'll see it's laced all throughout Scripture. It's the word seek. Everybody say seek. Like S-E-E-K, just seek. Let, let me read a couple of scriptures for you. 
Psalm 63 says this, you God are my God, earnestly I seek you. This was the psalmist saying that God, before I do anything else, I'm going to prioritize you first. He just wouldn't say prioritize because they didn't have that word in the Hebrew language. He would just say that the idea of prioritizing would be to say, I'm going to what? I'm going to seek. Okay, we can, this was a trick question. We will what? We'll seek. That's how you prioritize something. You seek it. Listen to this verse. Psalms 119.10. I will seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Meaning like if I seek God first, everything else, again, will have clear direction. Everything else will have clear priority. All of God's commands will be able to make sense of life. So our Proverbs 28 verse 5. Evildoers do not understand what is right, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. Again, that when we seek God, he makes clear what is the right thing? What is the wrong thing? What should be the priority and how all things should fit together? Now, this is not just an Old Testament principle. There's a very, very famous scripture in the New Testament. And Jesus uses this word. Many of you, if you grew up in church and VBS, you maybe even sang a little song about it. This is how the verse goes in the New Testament. Verse six, or Matthew six, verse 31. It says, so do not worry saying, what are we going to eat? That's kind of a big deal, though, right? Uh, don't worry saying, what shall we drink? That's. That's a big deal. That should be up there on the priority. I, I, I need to have clothes on. Um, what shall we wear? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? These are big things for the pagans. Anybody that doesn't believe in God or acknowledge God, but the pagans run after chase after all these things. And your heavenly father, he already knows that you need them. Now, we have a hard time with that verse because we intellectually would agree to that. But then in our heart and our actions, we would we would we would see that there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But he says these words, but do what in verse 33? But seek first, prioritize first, arrange first, order first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Meaning everything will begin to fit in the box or the tube or the, the bucket, whatever that is. Everything begins to fit when we do what? When we seek first. And so I'm telling you that as a Jesus follower, that the most important thing that you can do when it comes to how you prioritize and nothing will trump this is your daily devotion with God. And Jesus even says, seek first, meaning like before you do anything else in your day, seek first God before you, you consider anything. And I, what I'm telling you is this is on its most practical and simple level. You know, the most powerful thing you could do with your day is, is let the first couple of minutes of your day be devoted to God. I just, I know this to be true. Now it's hard for me to do this because I have a puppy who won't shut up and kids that wake up at the crack of dawn. I don't know why it does not matter how late they stay up. They still get up every morning at the same morning. And so my, my wife will attest to this. It, it, it's difficult, but if you'll get up and my wife is fantastic at this, I, I typically devote other parts of the day to God. But I found it to be so true when I can and when I do that when I devote the first portion of my day to God, meaning the first few moments of my day, I read the scriptures, I pray, I seek God, I have a moment of clarity with God. And here's what you kind of do. You kind of end up inviting God into your day so that he can set the tone for the rest of your day. And here's what I found is that when I'm able to devote the first part of my day, I'm a better person. I mean, have ever done that before you ever, you ever you spend a time with God. And when you walk out of that devotional time with God, you're a better person. You're a different person. You seem to have a little bit more patience. You seem to have a little bit more wisdom. 
You seem to just be able to stay in the moment. You, and here's, here's what we do. In that moment, in that devotion time with God, we simply go to God and pretty much ask. This is why the Lord, Lord's Prayer has this component in it. Our Father who art in heaven, meaning you're above all and bigger than all, and uh, you're there. You're preeminent. Hallowed be your name, meaning I acknowledge you are worthy to be worshipped. You're worthy to, for me to, to surrender. You're worthy for me to prioritize everything underneath you. Hallowed or holy is your name. And then you come into this part. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Meaning as I think about you, God, and I think about your majesty and your greatness and your preeminence over my life, what I recognize is, is that I need to surrender my will to your will and let all my priorities fall in line where they ought to according to you. And that when I seek you first and acknowledge you first, you order everything else in my life. And, and, and on the biggest level, in the life level, that's what works. When your life is surrendered to God first, the rest of your life is ordered. When you surrender to God at the beginning of your day, you know what happens? Your day becomes ordered. Because when you have God as the centerpiece, as the big rock that goes in first before all other rocks go in, you know what you find? I trust God more. Like when I acknowledge him first, I don't, I don't get caught up in the things of this world. Didn't that what he said? He like, don't get me wrong, like eating and drinking and having clothes, that's a big deal. But you order God first and allow God to meet those needs. You worry less. You stress less. You trust God more. Because many times when we don't have God as the centerpiece of our priority, everything else becomes neglected. Because this is what we typically do. We typically seek the urgent over the important, don't we? How many of you think about your lives like that? You think, well, I do whatever's the most pressing right then and there. I do. But God would say, that's not the way that you order. That's putting the white rocks in first. The way that you order is you put the big rocks in first. And when you start with God, everything else, and this is God's promise and guarantees, that everything else will become better. Everything else will find its natural order of things. Remember I said you would worry less? Listen to this from Martin Luther. Pray and let God worry. That ought to be some of you, that ought to be your motto. Because worry and stress... Is what keeps you from living in the moment. You're not living in the moment. You're living in the worry and the stress of what might be, which probably will never ever be. But you're living there instead of living in the moment. And you miss out on the ability to number your days and to treat them wisely. Everybody say priority determines capacity. All you dads out there, this is a dad principle. Is that priority determines capacity. Capacity. And as dads, we all sit back and look and we, we know there are things. We know there are fun things. We know there are pressing things, but we know they are not the most important things. And as dads, when we begin to look at the scripture and say, what if I sought God first? What if God was the most important aspect of my life? Then where would my wife fall? Where would my kids fall? Where would my work fall? How would God order all that stuff? And then God gives you the wisdom to put all that together. And you end up being able to put everything in life that ought to be in there. Priority determines capacity. Here's the truth. Here's the unsettling truth. You already do this anyway. Now, I'm not saying you all seek God first. We know that's not true. But don't get it twisted. You all seek something first. Did you know that? Like something's in here. Something went in first. It is absolutely a truth. You seek something first. Do you even know what that is? Because we, again, we come up with things that we think would sound good. If you, listen, here's, if you really want to know what you seek first, the best thing you can do is ask the people closest to you. Ask the people you live with. What is it that I now, 
be prepared if they give you an honest answer. You may get an answer that you don't like. But if you really want to know what you seek first, ask the people that are closest to you. Ask, because here, here's how we determine, what do you ask questions about? Because typically what you ask the most questions about is something that you care about the most. And that's the thing that goes in first. What is it that you just talk about the most? Where does your time go the most? Where does your money go the most? Hey, where does your worry and stress go? Because you worry and stress over that which is most important to you. And if you really want to know what you seek first, just begin to ask the people closest to you. What is it that I seek first? And then you'll begin to determine, is this the way my life ought to be lived out? Is this the way to live underneath the blessing of God? Because the way to live under the blessing of God is to put the God rock in first. And when you put the God rock in first, he helps you put all the other rocks in and then life begins to fit and life begins to make sense. Now, here's the other thing you need to know is God will never force himself into your bucket. God doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture in the book of Revelation and it's Jesus is talking to a church and he says, behold, I stand at the door and I see if I know Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would let me in, I would come in and share a meal with him, which is a beautiful way of saying I want to live life together. In the Middle East, when you brought somebody into your home for a meal, especially for a family meal, it was the highest level of social intimacy. It was a way of saying, hey, we are connected in life, that you are a great friend to me and we will share life and do life together. So that's what it meant to these people when they read this thing. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you will ever say if, I mean, you don't got to. It it doesn't say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you don't open that thing, I swear on your life, I'm going to kick that thing down and I'm coming in no matter what. I don't even care what you say. I'm coming in. He doesn't jack Bauer the situation. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. God does not force himself in to your life. But when the God rock goes in first, priority will determine capacity. And everything that you ever wanted out of life, you will actually get to experience and be satisfied by. Not because you sought that stuff first, but rather you sought God first. And because you sought God first, everything else fell in its proper place. How many want to get more out of your time? How many want your time to be more blessed? How many want your time to be more productive? The key to getting your time more productive is not subtraction. It's priority. It's priority determines capacity. Here's the question I leave with you today. Who or what should go in first for you? Let's say even beyond the God rock, who or what goes in next? What are the biggest priorities of your life? Because we do know God has set some huge priorities. Like your church is a priority. Your family is a priority. Your education is a priority. Your job is a priority. There are absolute priorities in there. What or who is your priority? Because if you never answer that question, you are going to be stuck like a hamster on a wheel. Running and running and running. And the worst fear that we have in these situations is that we get to the end of our life and we have nothing to show for it. And to keep us from living out and experiencing that fear, you know what we do? We seek. We seek God first. Earnestly, I will seek you. Meaning, I'll put you above all things. I will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And by doing that, I will let you add all these other things to my life. One last time, everybody say priority. Determines capacity. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would take this simple message, this simple illustration, and Lord God, that you drive it down into our heart, that God, you would make us wrestle with this, that you would bring it back to our memory, that God, you would uh, almost disturb us a little bit with the question who or what? Who or what is the biggest priority? 
Who or what is the biggest priority? What am I really seeking with my life? And God, how should that be rearranged and changed and altered? God, I pray that you would help me to know what is the most important thing in life. God, and for those of us who, who are believers and Jesus followers, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to, to maybe do something that's really, really strange or really, really uncomfortable. Or maybe we don't think we're morning people. But God, I pray that you would help us get up early in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier than we used to or earlier than we need to. And maybe we would devote just a few minutes of our morning to you so that you would order the rest of our day. And for those of you who can't, for whatever reason, I, I'm telling you, whether it's at lunch, whether it's at dinner, whether it's at night while you lay in, in bed and right before you go to sleep. Maybe you don't watch that last episode of whatever. Maybe you go to bed just a little bit earlier, but as you sit in bed, you open up the Bible. You open up that daily devotional. You open up a time of prayer and you say, God, I want you to order my life. I want you to be the big rock. I want you to be the priority. And I'm telling you, the most blessed people in life, the people who get the most out of their time, they put the big rock in first. Father, help us to do that, Lord. That is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning?